welcome to your Spiritual BFF podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Easter Johnson. Do you ever want to ask all your woo-woo, weird questions to someone, but don't know who to go to? Are you spiritually curious? Well, I'm your girl, here to guide you in all things spirituality, manifestation, crystals, energy healing, and more. Welcome to your awakening. Good morning, good evening, good day, wherever you are in the world. I had something on my mind and heart and it was fresh to talk about and that means I'm outside (laughs) while this inspiration is coming through. So if you hear the birds, it's seven in the morning, so you know, very chatty um, bird life. early in the morning. So hopefully it's not annoying. Maybe it's a little bit more pleasant. (laughs) So if you hear that, that's what that is. But I was thinking about this concept on my way back uh, from my trip, my dream trip (laughs) to Bali in May. And this was like my vision board trip come to life. 100%. It was incredible. I'm going to be posting some the uh, feed po- pictures, p- pictures in my Instagram feed. There we go. And reels and things like that about our trip. So if you didn't follow along over at, on Instagram when I was in Bali, at Hannah Johnson Coaching, if you want to check out some things for my trip, because it was a total dream trip. But the air travel portion was so <laughs> challenging and stressful and difficult and We either, we were supposed to have, you know, three flights on the way there and three flights back. So we'd have a domestic in the U.S., two international legs. Both international legs were between 10 and 14 hours. So this was a very lengthy trip, Um, which is why we stayed for two weeks because we were going so far. So anyways, every single flight was either canceled or delayed and it incited a lot of, a lot of stress and anxiety and on the way home, even like fear about like, oh my gosh, what's going to go wrong now? Like what could happen? And there was a time when everybody, we sat on the tarmac for an hour, actually in the airplane and people were getting very agitated um, because our flight had already been delayed and we had landed, but the gates were disorganized and the pilots were even like coming onto the loudspeaker to say, we're sorry for our ineptitude. Like, please take our apologies. Like, we want to go home too. This is our last flight of the night. Like, stay calm, everybody. But there was a lot of agitation. And I remember like having this like fear moment of like, oh my gosh, what if we're like those people on the news, <laughs> like that, that show up on the news of like somebody goes crazy because they're like so stressed out or like anxious to get off the the plane and all the components of the human experience. But what if it like snaps while we're in this small container? <laughs> And everybody's already under a lot of stress. It's super late at night at this point. The flight's been delayed. Shocker. Literally, guys, every flight on the way home and on the way to Bali was either canceled or delayed. It was insane. Mercury retrograde was showing (laughs) its ass for our travel, air travel experience. But once we got to Bali, smooth sailing. (laughs) Anyways, the piece that was coming up for me was this like fear. And so I was noticing kind of like my fear around some of the things that I just explained. Additionally, 
think I got home and I was listening to a couple things on Instagram, just kind of flipping through and you know, people talk about fear in the self-help world and the personal development world and the spiritual world all the time. And they talk about fear and limiting beliefs. And I was hearing somebody refer to a fear that they had as my fear. My fear is this. This is my fear. This is my limiting beliefs. And the language suddenly struck me. And I recognize this for myself when I was having a little bit of that fear crop up on the plane about this and was like, oh, is this, you know, a temporary experience of this emotion, which I was actually just chatting with um, a mental health uh licensed mental health clinician, therapist about this and interviewed her on my podcast, which was amazing. And she was explaining how emotions have a lifespan of 90 seconds. And then it's the, the, the thoughts and the feelings that often keep them going beyond the 90 second cycle, which was so fascinating to me. And I remember thinking down on the plane of like, Oh, this is just something like I'm experiencing in this moment. Like, I can like let this go. Like I know I'm safe. Like I could do some like grounding tools and like regulate myself to know that I'm connected and safe and all these things. And then I'm like listening to this person on social media speak about it. And just with this language of like my fear, my limiting beliefs. And it got me thinking like when we take ownership over something like our fears, our limiting beliefs, Instead of, I was like, I wonder what the language would feel like if the, instead of my fear is da-da-da-da-da, or my limiting beliefs are da-da-da-da-da's, the fear is, the limiting beliefs are. Because when we take ownership over something, it's like an internal ownership, right? Like, you don't want to lose it when it's your thing. Like if it's my thing, you have this like attachment to it, right? Whether you're, again, you could be like, Hannah, this is semantics, (laughs) the fear, my fear, but to our subconscious mind and to the parts of us that hold the fear, our wounded parts, our exiled parts, our inner child parts, our shadow parts. Okay. This is not just semantics. This is actually something that makes a difference because it depends on the part of us that's holding the fear, for instance. So say you have a goal of perhaps starting a business one day or asking for a raise or going on some dates, right? Any of these things that have like just life goals that you have, they can feel big or small and you have fear about them, okay? If there's a fear or concern, something that's stopping you from doing the thing, starting the thing, even approaching the thing and like considering it as a possibility. Think about how you identify with that. Do you identify as like, oh, this is my fears. This is my, I'm afraid this is going to happen. That might, that might be how you start. But if we get underneath it, many people will start to referring to it as their fear. Like I have these limiting beliefs and they're in their mind. These are my beliefs. These are my limiting beliefs about them. That ownership really internalizes and claims ownership over the part of us that experience that. So say, for instance, there's some fear of vulnerability. 
going on around dating again. Or any of these other scenarios I've mentioned. Let's just use the dating one, for example. And the fear of rejection tends to come through for people. The fear of um, not being enough comes through. Not being lovable. What if they don't like me? A lot of that stems from rejection. And most of this stems from a wound from vulnerability of perhaps when you were long ago when you were younger and you displayed putting yourself out there or telling somebody you had a crush on them or even through friendship and you might have learned this or through a bit of connection and love to even a parent when you were a kid and if that wasn't met there was a part of you that began to learn that it wasn't safe to create bids for connection that it wasn't safe to put yourself out there So you've got this likely, it's not always, but often a younger part of you. And what I'm referring to here when I say part, this stems back to internal family systems, which maybe I've chatted about on the podcast before. I talk about it a lot with my clients. So I'm trying to hmm, recall if I've really talked about it on the podcast. You should check it out. Change the game for me with the way that we Um, work with our internal conflict and the many voices sometimes that feel like they're part of our psyche. Um, Internal family systems, IFS, it's, it's an incredible model. Check it out. And it refers to our parts and that we don't have any bad parts, but these parts of us hold often wounding you guys. They're protecting us from feeling like in this case, feeling rejected, putting ourselves out there and feeling too vulnerable to feel safe to get back out and dating again or trying to find friends again as an adult, right? So instead of like looking at this part as my fear, because the part likely, the part of you that seemingly is maybe self-sabotaging or preventing you from putting yourself out there, being vulnerable or meeting that goal the part of you just isn't doing it for shits and gigs (laughs) the part of you identifies with that fear so strongly that they want you to avoid feeling pain so they're really there to protect you there's gonna be a low rumble guys there's a car passing me so just give me one moment I had to get this through, guys. Otherwise, you know, I'm usually recording in a quiet space where there's no echo and things like that and birds in the background and like a slow car passing me in the morning doing a neighborhood watch round. (laughs) Excuse me. So back to what I was saying about that, that our parts are here to protect us, but and our parts are often from long ago. And so they think that they're often often still there. So when we talk about inner child pieces of this, the parts of us are still kind of stuck in that loop where some pain occurred, wounding, embarrassment, things like that. And therefore, it makes sense that this part has played a really big role for so long, sometimes even inciting fear within you to keep you in a zone where you're not going to open yourself up to feel that pain again. 
And what we can do is begin to work with our fear parts. And I encourage you, part of the reason why I wanted to record this as it was coming through was the use of our language. Because again, when we are creating ownership over our, my fear, we don't want to let go of something that is ours. That is like really painful. Same with inner child work. A lot of people get into inner child work and like this point comes up within the inner child work that we're doing or that you're doing independently where they're like, oh my gosh, I have to let this part of me go. That's not necessarily true. We, through like internal family systems model and through the way I work with inner child work, all my inner child <laughs> parts and and pieces and and beautiful young girls <laughs> that I have been, that I've created healing with, are absolutely along with me now. They're no longer exiled. They're no longer, you know, deep in the shadows. They're no longer feeling ashamed. They're, I've caught them up to present day and unburdened the role that they've had to play for a really long time. And part of that role sometimes for our parts is to incite that fear to keep us safe. There's going to be a number, another rumble coming up, guys. Sorry. I feel like this is worth it, though. <laughs> I feel like this is worth it, though. And... We're, there's a whole process to work with parts. Again, you could do some Googling for IFS, but um, I do a lot of this um, connecting with our parts and things like that and our inner child pieces and our shadow pieces and the nervous system with my higher self healing program, which is a one-on-one, so just me and you program that's three-month transformational program to heal core wounds and step into your most centered, grounded adult mature self. And so we're able to bring those inner child parts along with you as we unburden them from the roles that they've been playing for so long and let them know that you've grown up, that you're doing healing work, that like this so much has happened. And we kind of catch them up to present day because many times they're stuck in the past with the pain of the past to continue to avoid it. We've got another rumble coming by guys. This should be the last one. (laughs) And so sometimes that like fear of grief comes through of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to let these younger parts of me go. Not necessarily the case, especially with the way that I do this work. It's so beautiful. And you've got these parts of you that have so much wisdom. So even your fear parts, the parts that can incite fear in order to keep you safe, they have a lot of gifts for you. And when you learn to embrace them and you know, this reminds me of the podcast interview I did with the beautiful Brittany Wittig. And if you haven't listened to that episode, probably 10 episodes back about embracing your fear, she takes you through a little bit of a similar process. It looks a little bit different through her lens, um, but very, very, very similar kind of concept with this. So I encourage you to take a listen to that guest episode. She talks about fear, working with our fear, um, and not cha- and not running from it and like allowing to collaborate with it creates a lot of freedom and just as I've said, has a lot of gifts for you. So when we begin to work with these parts of us that hold this fear and we don't over-identify it with my fear, something that is internal that you maybe have had ownership over and again, like our psyche, like our subconscious, like it doesn't want to let go of something that is like ours. It wants to attach to it because it's like identified with it. We can actually bring it to the external, but then you can work with it so it's not so internalized and you haven't really taken 
and latched onto the ownership over. It makes sense. So the language piece can help you to start to decipher that, to start to separate that from being yours to being the fear, the experience, similar to emotions. You know, I've heard a lot of folks talking about that um, in the mental health space. And so, you know, this is, you know, my, my name, the feeling, but it's like the feeling. So instead of like, my anxiety, my anger, the anger, the, the anxiety, that can be a little bit of a different perspective to work with it. Doesn't mean that you have to do this with every point, part of your life, like with your emotions, guys, you don't want to, I understand some people are out there like, wait, I don't want to detach from my feelings. I'm right there with you because they, you can alchemize them and Emotions are energy and motion, so we want them to stay in motion. But again, sometimes when we over-identify, people get stuck, especially if you're struggling with something like, because I've been there, victim mindset, we often can over-identify with these things and claim them as our own, and then they kind of stick around with the feelings, when I'm speaking about the feelings situation, and honestly with the fear. So I wonder if like a simple tweak in your language, and I wonder if like there could be a great opportunity here for you to get out your journal if, if this is like really piquing your interest and start to identify what are some of the fears that you've been facing that have maybe been holding you back? What comes to mind when I say that? It might be one or two. You might have a whole list. That's okay. And I wonder if you could tweak some of the language and start working with that as you journal about it. It's like the fear of vulnerability, the fear of rejection. So you almost said my fear of rejection. And start to notice what's happening in your body when you're referring to it in this new perspective way. As you're writing it, as you're thinking it, even if you're saying it out loud, if you're somebody that doesn't have access to a journal right now, or you're not a big journaler, maybe you're a a verbal um, processor, you can say it out loud to yourself. What's happening in the body And it's okay if that part of you comes up and is like, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? The fear. That's our fear. That's ours. Like, hold on to it. Notice if that part is coming up and kind of rebelling a little bit at this idea of creating some separation between it. And remember, you're creating a bit of separation between it, not to detach, but to unattach it from being so internalized that it's hard to work with because when these parts of us are really blended with our sense of true authentic self it's so difficult to work with these parts of us and sorry there's an airplane (laughs) over me now but when we're able to bring it out of the internal and a little bit more in the external and and unblend from the part a bit, then we can feel empowered to work with it and see it for what it is instead of just who we are. This is just my fears. This is just what I have to live with. You don't. You get to alchemize those and work with those parts to create a more aligned version of you, goals that you have and feel so empowered. And these, again, these parts of you, even the fear has so many beautiful lessons and wisdom to teach you. And I encourage you to explore this a little bit more. And I know I've had several other episodes about, um, about fear and working with limiting beliefs and things like that that are standing in your way. And I work with a lot of people on that. So if you're interested in working one-on-one a little bit more with this work, with inner child work, shadow work, 
and the nervous system component, which is so crucial with this healing work. I invite you to the Higher Self Healing Program. It's that three-month intimate one-on-one program. It doesn't have a specific start date, guys. So if you're hearing this three months from when this first came out, a couple weeks later, you're not missing anything. You get to decide when to start the three-month commitment. Um, please reach out to me. Send me the words on Instagram at Hannah Johnson Coaching. Higher self. That'll tell me that you're interested in the program and we can get chatting. I can see where you're at your journey. And if this program's a good fit for you, this is a beautiful container to begin this important transformational work and creating real tools that you can use over and over again that you will be using literally years from now. I have people that have done this program about a year and a half, two years ago. My first few people in the Higher Self Healing Program, which come back to me all the time and they're like, seriously, Hannah, I come back to the tools, the things that we did together all the time. It is some of the most transformational work I've ever done. That's what I hear from them all the time. And that's why I started the program because it was for me, the most transformational work I've ever done. And pairing all three together, all three of those pillars, inner child work, shadow work, and nervous system regulation. It's a powerhouse of a journey that again, you will use for years and years and you will receive so much freedom from it, healing core wounds, alchemizing them into strengths and getting to know yourself on such a deep, authentic place to live a more centered, empowered life. Reach out to me at Hannah Johnson Coaching on Instagram or head over to my website. There's some information there about the Higher Self Healing Program, hannahjohnsoncoaching.com. Guys, let me know how you like this episode, what shifts it presented for you. I'd love to hear. Pop in anytime. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.